Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. It's always God's will that we overcome adversity and anything that comes to hurt you, to steal from you, to kill and destroy something in your life is not God. It's never God. Scripture said, Jesus said, John 10, 10, the thief doesn't come unless he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The Amplified says that you might have and enjoy life to the full, until it overflows. So don't uh, fall into the trap and confusion that some have, thinking that everything that happens and everything that comes your way is from God. It absolutely is not. There's a thief. God's not the thief. There's a thief, a destroyer, the enemy. And you're not supposed to just say, well, whatever will be, and just, uh, you know, succumb to it. You're supposed to yield to God, but you're supposed to resist the devil, resist the thief, resist the, the destroyer and the killer. And the scripture said you resist it and he'll flee from you. So uh, get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come on into the classroom with us and let's let the word of God and the spirit of God feed us and build us up so that when we need to resist, We'll be strong and well able. Put a stop to the enemy stealing from you and destroying in your life. Father, all of us are so thankful that you have chosen us and you have uh, saved us and you never leave us, you never forsake us. We seek you today asking for utterance, asking for the anointing, asking for answers. We give you our attention and we thank you for faithfully giving us what we need. You always give us uh, this day our daily bread. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. If you would look in the scriptures at verses we've looked at previously, Hebrews chapter 3 and 1 Corinthians 10. If you're just joining us now, uh, we've already been on this series for some time now, a number of weeks. And... Um, you can go online, faithschool.org, and there's no charge. You can watch everything that has come before. In fact, there are over 500 lessons on faith there, and uh, you can just take your time at your convenience and when and wherever you want to. And this series is called Overcoming Unbelief. And so to get the most out of this today, it would help you to go to the beginning of this series and because we're building uh, on what has come before. In Hebrews, the third chapter, Hebrews 3 and verse uh, 
7 says, Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation, and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren. He's talking to fellow believers here. Now, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. This is a strong warning against unbelief. And it's reminding and pointing back to what happened to that first generation of Israelites that God delivered out of Egyptian bondage, who then failed to go into the promised land that he had planned for them. And uh, this is this basic truth. Much, most all the world and much of the church is confused about. You'll hear people say, you know, imply that everything that happens is somehow God. And that everything is up to God. That he has made and is making all the decisions for what happens in your life. But that's not what the Bible teaches. That's not what the Bible reveals. He didn't choose for those people to perish in the wilderness. That was not his choice. His plan was a promised land. And they made the wrong choice. They chose to doubt God. They chose to rebel against God. They chose to not trust Him, not believe Him. And that cost them. And you'll find that He has left a lot of things up to us. And the choices that we make affect what we experience and what we don't. Where we wind up in life, the outcomes. And to blame everything on God. And to say that every, all this bad stuff that's happening to people is somehow his mysterious will and plan is a deception of the enemy. It's simply not true. You'll find when Jesus was on the earth, he ministered to people, healings, uh, we don't know, scores and scores of thousands of healings during those three and a half years of ministry. Deliverances, people who were in all kind of bondages, and again and again, what he said to them is your faith has made you whole. According to your faith, be it unto you. As you have believed, be it unto you. That's not what a lot of the church is teaching today. Much of the church is teaching, well, if it's God's will. And it'll, what they're saying is it will happen according to God's will. If it didn't happen, then it wasn't God's will. If it did happen... It was his will because nothing happens unless it's his will. That's not true. Not true. Now you can get your beliefs from men's mixed up ideas. You can formulate your own out of thin air or there's a book. Hallelujah. The, the Bible is the word of God and it reveals the true will of God. And did you notice he said... They, they didn't know my ways. See, they, 
they thought some wrong things uh, about God. In fact, uh, the enemy has so infiltrated uh, religion that much of the world has a completely wrong concept of God, who he is, what he is. You see this when Jesus, when God you know, was made flesh and Jesus was born and become a, became a mature man and, and walked and taught and ministered, John says he came to his own, and what happened? His own did not receive him. They, they didn't receive him. Why? Even the, the, the scribes and the doctors of the law, these were the people who were the religious leaders among the Jews who had studied the scriptures all their uh, life. The, they are the, the authorities, if you will, on the scripture. They rejected Jesus because their concept and, and their twisting and reading of the scriptures was so far away from how, who God really is that when God manifested in front of them in Jesus, they didn't recognize him. And they didn't like him. They didn't want him. In fact, Jesus said, uh, the scripture was fulfilled, they hated me without a cause. He said, they have hated both me and my father. Because you remember when one of the disciples said, Lord, show us the Father. He said, have you been so long time with me and you haven't seen the Father? He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, I only say what I hear him say. I only do what I see him do. I didn't come to do my own will. So you've got to beware of this religious idea of God. Because for the most part, it is wrong. It's a wrong, twisted, uh, unscriptural idea of who God is, what He is, what His will is. The only way you're going to get it right is to submit to the Lordship of Jesus and yield to these words in His book. Hallelujah. Let His Spirit reveal Him to you. And when you see the one true God... When you see the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you see Jesus who portrayed the Father, all of these ungodly, man-made stereotypes out the window, and you will be thrilled. You will be amazed. If you want to know about God, look in the Word and look at His creation. Even in its fallen state, even though it's cursed, you see so much of his, uh, his beauty and so much of his wisdom and his knowledge and understanding and power in creation. What kind of being can make a mountain range, can make oceans, can make whales? What, what kind of being? Now, people will say, well, I, you know, uh, it was the Big Bang. Well, what caused the Big Bang? You know, well, it just, it just happened. So if you want to believe that everything spontaneously self-created out of nothing, you can do that. But don't call it science. It's a belief founded on nothing. Faith is a choice. I, we've chosen to believe the Genesis account. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God said, light be and light became. Amen. Well, 
if he did that and he created human beings and he, he gave us a savior, then our focus in life, in our existence, ought to be on him. Him who gives us our next breath. Him who keeps our, our brain working and our heart beating and gravity working under our feet. We ought to be seeking him. What's your plan, Lord, for me? What's your will for me? And you'll find that one of the big things that he has said that he requires is faith. He, he, he wants us to trust him, to believe him, listen to him. And when he tells you to do something, even if you don't understand it, have enough trust to do it, to act on it. And those who will do that, you're going to uh, enter into light and the path is going to get brighter and brighter. And instead of wandering around out in the dry, desolate wilderness and dying young and dying wrong like they did, you'll be like Joshua and Caleb who had a different spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The spirit of faith. Glory to God. Does that stir you up at all, Cliff? The spirit of faith, and you will make it into the promised land. That's not heaven. That's the full benefits of redemption in this life. In this life. So he said, uh, they didn't uh, know my ways. In verse 12, he says, take heed, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. He, he's saying the same thing that happened to them could happen to us. And he's warning us so that it, it doesn't. Go to 1 Corinthians, if you would, the uh, 10th chapter. 1 Corinthians 10. Verse 1, he says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant, how that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, were all baptized to Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All did eat of the same spiritual food. All did drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that accompanied them. And that rock was Christ. Now see, he's same thing we read about in Hebrews 3. He's talking about that first generation of uh, the seed of Abraham that was in bondage there for 400 years in Egypt. How God, through mighty signs and wonders, brought them out with the plan of taking them into the land that flowed with milk and honey. And he said, uh, uh, verse 5, but with many of them, God was not well pleased. Well, see, if everything that happens is his will, why wouldn't he be pleased with what was happening? Class, are y'all awake? See, what, he wouldn't have any right to be displeased with something that he did, that he chose, that's his will. And so obviously what's happening with them was not his will, was not his plan. And what they were doing was not what he wanted them to do because he was not well pleased. Now, you remember, uh, we actually got into this in, in faith school, you know, months and months ago about what faith is. And we camped in Hebrews 11 for a long time, looking at all those examples of faith. And Hebrews 11:6 talks about without faith, 
It is what? Impossible to do what? To please him. Uh, They weren't pleased. God wasn't pleased with many of them. So what do we know without knowing anything else? There was a lack of faith here. Because faith pleases him. And you can't please him without faith. Uh, Many people have tried through all types of uh, routines and, and rituals and ceremonies. And, 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 but the reality is, no matter how you might pray or how eloquent it may be, if there's no faith in the prayer, the prayer doesn't please God. And no matter how much you might give and what kind of works you might do, if there's no faith in it, it's not, not going to please God. If there's no faith in it, God is not pleased with it. Well, if that's true, man, faith ought to be high on our list, right? Of what, we th- what we're thinking about every day with everything we do, everywhere we go, our involvements, our choices. We ought to be thinking, okay, now, is there some faith in this, <laughs> right? Is there, is, is there some trust in this? Why? Because elsewise, it's not going to be pleasing to God. Now he said, these things, verse 6, were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they lusted, neither be idolaters as were some of them, as it's written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured. And were destroyed of the destroyer. Now he hadn't changed subjects here. All the things that he mentioned that they did. That resulted in loss and destruction. That actually gave the enemy access to do these things to them. And judgment to come on them. Was tied to a lack of faith. A lack of trust. Lack of faith leads to other things. Lack of faith leads to wrong involvements. Lack of faith leads to yielding to the flesh and yielding to wrong influences. Because if we trusted him enough, we wouldn't do that. We'd stay with him, uh, trusting that uh, we're going to wind up better off with him than we are chasing after our own uh, you know, desires and uh, temporary things. So he said, uh, verse 11, now all these things happened to them for in samples, or we'd say types or examples, and they're written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Even though our covenant has changed, and we, unlike the old covenant, we're not justified by doing the right thing. We're justified by faith in Christ, by what He has done. We're not trying to maintain our righteousness before the Lord in doing what is right all the time. We we acknowledged our righteousness was not acceptable, and we had to accept His righteousness to have any standing before the Father, and that's a gift that's not earned. 
that's not deserved. He gave it to us and we have received it. Everybody said out loud, I have received the righteousness of Christ. He is my standing before God. He has made me right. He has made me clean. He has made me holy. He has made me accepted before God. Hallelujah. Isn't that some of the best news you'll ever hear? Well, um, he said, all these things happen for our admonition. Let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. So even though, like we said, our covenant has changed, faith hasn't changed. Unbelief hasn't changed. The enemy is still doing the same things today that he did with those Israelites that... uh, you know, perished in the wilderness. The enemy's doing the same thing, trying to do the same thing with God's people and believers. He wants us robbed of the promised land. He wants us robbed of the benefits and blessings we have in redemption in Christ. He wants us to wander around without direction, without fulfilling the plan of God in our life. He wants us to die young, die wrong, leave without influencing others for Christ. But uh, we're not ignorant of his devices. Huh? No, we came to faith school. Is that right? And wherever else the Lord's feeding you through. But we, we are getting built up and realizing we don't have to Let the enemy rob us. We don't have to allow that. We can resist him. And he'll have to flee. Can you say amen? Amen. Now go with me if you would to uh, Numbers. The 10th chapter. We, We begin studying the different events. Uh, You'll see it in Exodus and Numbers especially. That he's referring to in 1 Corinthians 10 where they failed to trust God and they failed to believe God and it cost them. And it didn't just happen once. It happened by Numbers 14. It had happened 10 major times. And we'll see that it happened another five times after that. And the problem is, it appears they didn't learn a thing. After five times, after 10 times, after 15 times, which is why they wound up perishing in the wilderness. Now, all of us have made mistakes, but the problem is not learning and not changing. To repent means to change. That's a big part of it. It's it's a heart thing, and if your heart changes, then what happens on the outside is going to change too. And so uh, they kept doing the same things that displeased God. And every time, even though they saw God deliver, deliver, provide, deliver, provide, deliver, first of all, they had seen 10 signs and wonders that got them out of Egypt. How many think after that, you ought to begin to think, well, God's real, right? And he can do some things. 
Well, then when they got to the Red Sea, uh, they started talking about, why'd you bring us out here? We're all going to die. And God split the Red Sea, got them safely across, caused it to come back over Pharaoh and all his hosts, and all of their enemy forces were destroyed in a few moments for them to never have to be afraid of again. Well, they had revival, they shouted, but then three days later, they got to Marah and the waters were bad and they said, oh, we're going to die out here, we got no water, you know. And every time there was a challenge or a need, instead of trusting him, they reverted right back in to the doubting and murmuring and complaining and saying we're going to die. And that displeased God and that cost them God's plan for their life. That cost them the promised land. Now why are we talking about this class? Why? Why? So that doesn't happen to you. Right? That doesn't happen to me. So that we don't miss out. So that we are not robbed. But we're going to have to do differently than they did. Now here we, we've gone through uh, uh, seven of the previous events. We're down to number eight here in um, Numbers chapter 10 and 11. Numbers chapter 10, verse uh, 34. The cloud of the Lord was upon them by day. They went out of the camp. It came to pass when the ark set forward, Moses said, Rise up, Lord. Let your enemies be scattered. Let them that hate you fear before you. And when it rested, he said, Return, O Lord, unto the many thousands of Israel. This is how they traveled. There was a pillar of fire that led the whole assembly in camp. There was, it appeared as cloud in the daytime, and you could see fire in it at night. There, there was this continual manifestation of the presence of God. And yet, they got used to it. And you remember not too, just a, a, a few chapters back, they wanted to make them some new gods of calves. It doesn't make sense, does it? It just, it's puzzling. And yet the Bible says, beware that you don't fall into some of the same thing. Why? Because you can get used to anything. You can get used to seeing miraculous things happen for you and being taken care of and your needs being met and God sparing you and protecting you. You can take it all for granted and you can only focus on what you don't have and be uh, unthankful and, and, and always, you know, well, I got to have this. I can't be happy unless I've got this. And uh, There can always be something else that you're chasing and looking for instead of realizing what God has done and is doing in your life. Hallelujah. Let's everybody say thank you, Lord, for what you have done in my life. All the answered prayers, all the miracles, all the provision. I am not unthankful. I am grateful and I am glad. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, our time's up, so we better just stop right here. And you need to come back tomorrow because we've got to finish reading our text, you know. 
But uh, we'll see you soon back here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 